What's going on, everybody? Yes, this is a Coach's Challenge. We are back. I am your host, Andrew Daly. Before, we took a little hiatus there for a couple months. Man, we had a great following on Twitter. Make sure you guys go follow us on that, at challenge underscore cast. Uh, go like our Facebook page, a Coach's Challenge podcast. If you like what we're doing, hit like and subscribe on all the major podcasting platforms. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and a ton of others. Uh, really excited to kind of dive back into this. I know there's been a lot going on over the past couple months. we got a great lineup coming up for you guys. I'm really curious to see how other programs have kind of handled you know, their situation individually. So sit back, relax, man, enjoy. You're listening to a Coach's Challenge. That's right. We're back here on a Coach's Challenge after a little layoff. We have a great coach coming in today on the, on the podcast. This guy has an extensive resume and has worked under – the likes of uh, Mike Leach. He's currently working with Chip Kelly, currently the uh, tight ends coach and special teams coordinator at UCLA. Uh, coach Derek Sage, I appreciate you being on the podcast today. Heck yeah, man. I appreciate you guys having me. Thanks for the time. No, not a problem. And, you know, pleasure is mine. Uh, coach, we'll dive right in here. And I, you know, after doing some research, I see that you, you know, you spent some of your, your college playing career at uh, Sacramento City playing tight end. I personally think that, California Juco football has got it down to a science. Uh, can you touch a little bit, just touch a little bit uh, on, you know, your Juco football experience and, and why it might be a good opportunity for some of these guys to, to go that route if, the, if they need to. Sure. Sure. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great question. Cause I, I think it's, it's uh it's valid, you know, especially since, uh, you know, the new Netflix came out, everybody's watching that with coach beam. Who was, you know, I personally that was, thought it was the best one. So. I completely agree. I mean, beam's a great guy. I know him from recruiting for a long time, but at the same time, I think you get a real glimpse of when people talk about the struggle and the Juco struggle and the grind, not to take anything away from Kansas, Mississippi, New York, Minnesota, all those other schools, but um, you know, there is no scholarships, you know, there is no dorms. So um, I think you really got to see the grind of it, but uh you know, in terms of my experience, it's, it's, I was one of the ones you, you go to junior college for a variety of different reasons. Um, and, and mine was, you know, I didn't think I was physically ready. Um, I played tight end in Northern Nevada up at Sparks and which is just a kind of a suburb of Reno. And, you know, I, I, I my dad had Cal season tickets. So we would drive down to Berkeley for home games every, every other Saturday or sometimes two Saturdays back to back. And, um, you know, that was right around the time I got to watch Tony Gonzalez and warmups and, you wow. know, I was a basketball player myself. So Tony Gonzalez was, was my big time idol. And, uh, you know, I'd go down as close as I can get for warmups and see the guys. And my dad's like, you know, you know, like when I was a sophomore junior in high school, he's like, that's the position you're playing and, and kind of, you know, not, not trying to be that dad, but at the same time, kind of like, you know, you better start lifting and, and doing some more stuff basically sure, is yeah, what he was definitely. saying. And, uh, you know, I did, I was a, a three sport, uh, uh, guy in high school. So I never really got to, to fully, you know, dive into an off season, but I did do, you know, a, a little bit here and there, but bottom line, I came out six, one, six, two, 210 pound tight end. Right. And you know, that that's not cutting it in, and it might cut it in Northern Nevada. Uh, but it's not cutting it in Juco or, or even, you know, division one football, which was something that I really aspired to do, especially, you know, watching, growing up, watching Nevada, uh, and then going to those, all those Cal games. So, um, you know, my dad said, Hey, you might want to go to junior college route and, uh, you can sure up your grades and ensure that you'll be a mid-year, you know, uh, graduate. You can get out in December. And I thought that was a valid point as well. Um, so I chose to go to junior college and, uh, you know, it's a funny story. I was going to go to American river college with my high school quarterback. And, uh, I just on a whim, 
I took a trip to Sacramento city college, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I was like, yeah, I'm like, if we're going to Sacramento, we might as well go check all the schools out in Sacramento. And we come over the bridge and you see the beautiful stadium in Sacramento. And then you go in and meet with the coach and he's got every picture of every division one athlete that he has sent out. And That's it's, awesome. you know, an entire office of a five yeah. by 11. <laughs> Talk about a good recruiting tool. <laughs> exactly. Right. And I just said, you know what, this is, this is the place for me. So, um, <clears throat> Yeah, that's great. Now, have you had, I mean, kind of jump forward here a little bit. Have you had success, um, you know, recruiting the California junior colleges or? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been hit. We, we do it everywhere I've been, uh, but it's kind of hit or miss. I signed a few at Nevada, uh, or excuse me, one, a a few at Wyoming when I was there. Um, let's see, I signed, uh, I signed one when I was actually my first, uh, my first recruit ever when I was a, a assistant wide receivers coach. Well, I was an assistant receiver, uh, receivers coach at university of New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Um, coach Kelly was the offensive coordinator my first year. And he just walked in and he goes, Hey, we need a California. We need a Juco mid-year qualifier wide receiver. And I just said, do you know, uh, like the order, like, do you know how hard that order is? To, and he's like, I know he goes, but you know, you, you know, your junior colleges, so go get one Yeah, and, and get them and get them to come to New Hampshire too. Exactly. Right. So, <laughs> and bottom line, I found one and you know, the rest is history, you know, sure. really uh, ironically, he, uh, his family lives about five minutes from where we live now. Mm-hmm. Um, he was at college of the canyons. He came out to New Hampshire and was a three-year starter. So, awesome. um, great family you know but uh yeah i mean it's just it's always been in the back of my mind i mean um just the relationships i've forged over the years uh you know it's always uh you know a place that you can go and and hey see what you got this year if you need a kind of a, a stop gap at one of those positions um to fill your room and um you know and i always try to just keep tabs on especially whatever position i'm coaching and now it's the tight ends but i just always try to keep a running list of tight ends across the country that if something does go crazy with a injury or a transfer or an unforeseen academic event, you know, with us that y'all has got a Juco guy, you know, on the back burner. And that sure. saved me at a couple of spots, you know, it saved me at Toledo once um, when we had a couple of unforeseen events happen. And um, I just think it's a great way to just stay in touch with people. And uh, you know, and then you, you know, and I, but don't get me wrong. I've seen a lot of guys have a lot of success and then, you know, you've seen a couple of guys come in and that, you know, just, it, it wasn't quite for them. Division one football was, and, right. and they were a miss, you know? So, um, but yeah, it was just, in, just in terms of the experience. So for me as a player, it was a great experience for me. Yeah, that's um, great. You know, met, like- met one of my best friends in the profession who, uh, got into a fight with him on the first day of pads and <laughs> lo, lo and behold, our, uh, our, our head coach said, uh, well, I'm going to make you guys share a locker now. So we ended up sharing a locker. And uh, like I said, we've been we've been really good friends and in each other's weddings and the whole deal since. There you so, go. And that's uh, the, the joys of junior college football: share each other's locker, and uh, uh, yeah. you're sharing. You're coming off sometimes, and you're giving your helmet to somebody who's playing defense. So, no question, <laughs> uh, no question. So, as, as you're growing up, coach, did you always know you wanted to become a coach, or who were some of your biggest influencers uh, in your early life and the early point of your career? Sure. Yeah. I mean, this is, uh, it's kind of a, it's an interesting path. Uh, I, I wanted to always be, I wanted to go into strength and conditioning to be completely honest with you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I was really interested in the training side. Um, I had a, like, I had a U, uh, UPS guy that was helping me lift at the Y, uh, you know, trying to get bigger to play tight end for junior college before I went off to school. Um, that got me interested in that. And then my junior college offensive line coach really got me interested in the training aspect of it. And then even more so, I ended up walking on at the University of New Mexico for a summer and a fall semester, or excuse me, a spring and a summer semester. 
went through camp there and, and I really got to see the strength and conditioning side. And I was interested in that. But then as we started kind of transitioning to more meetings and spring football and, and going over to my position coach's house and forging a relationship with him and just seeing that side of it, that's when I really switched to coaching. Um, it's always been there. You know, the story I, I've told before is, you know, I took a, my dad enrolled me into a, uh, uh, I think it was a Microsoft Excel and a Microsoft word class the summer after I graduated high school at the local junior college, um, in, in Reno. And I would go into that class and I'd listen. Um, but I, then I also found myself on westcoastfootball.com and I was printing out, you know, all of Bill Walsh's playbook. And, you know, at the end of the class, I owed, you know, $196 because of all of the pages <laughs> that I printed out. Um, so I actually spent, you know, $175 more than the class it was actually worth. But um, so that was always kind of in the back of my mind. But uh, I really wanted to go the training training route, you know, and strength and conditioning. But when I got to New Mexico and, and then I got to Northridge, which is where I ended up, you know, got a scholarship there when I transferred down. Mm-hmm. Um and I, that's when I was like, you know what, this is really what I want to do. I enjoy the the X's and O's. I enjoy the, you know, our you know, at Northridge, our coaches were in a trailer. And I was like, this is awesome. I mean, I, yeah, that's sure. what I, and then that's kind of when I knew I was going to go into coaching. Sure. So you, you know, you touch on being from Nevada and you get your first job uh, as a GA at Nevada. Just talk about a little bit, uh, what were some of the most important things that you kind of learned as a GA and and do you think it's important that every young coach kind of goes through that or is that not, you know, a necessity that you have to do? Because I've kind of heard mixed uh, opinions on, you know, whether guys think that everybody needs to go through that grind or not. Yeah, I mean, it's it. I'm not going to sit here and, and, and say one way or the other. I, I do think there's value in both. Um, and, and who am I to say that I wouldn't have taken a full time job at 23 years old? Uh, you know, and if you can get it run with it, you know, but, um, I do think that there's some value in, in just kind of putting your nose to the grindstone. And, you know, when I was a GA, uh, there was only two of us, one on offense and one on defense. So, um, you know, we're, we're sharing the workload and getting just, you know, sitting in the back of a dark office and and working from six o'clock in the morning till 10 o'clock at night, almost every day, even in the off season, you know, it was just, um, but just, you know, learning the the tricks of the trade. I mean, I didn't grow up my, you know, and, and not an excuse, but I didn't grow up in a football savvy, you know, uh, household. I mean, my dad was a football fan and he played high school football, but you know, if I was asked my dad what a three technique was, uh, he'd probably, you know, say something that you order a pizza from or something. Right, I don't know. Sure. I mean, <laughs> and so I didn't really thing. have that X's and O's background. So, you know, yeah, I'd learned a little bit when I was in junior college and that, you know, I, I learned my position, but I didn't know the broad scheme of things. And so, uh, that's when I really started to learn defensive football, you know, from an offense. Well, I, I was defensive GA uh, mm-hmm. for a year, which was really cool. Learned a lot of defensive football, you know, obviously on that side of the ball and then switch back over to offense. And um, I just think learning ball. And if you already know ball, then you're learning life lessons, you know, um, you know, it's not the, it's not what you think of where, so, you know, somebody's going to ask you to, to pick up their laundry. And so like, I didn't have any of that. I was blessed to work for, you know, two really good coaches and, and then a bunch of other assistants that have gone on to do great things. But it's more just, you know, how you how you see people tr- get treated by the head coach or how you see the position coach treat his players. And then that's, you know, my dad did say the one thing I will say, my dad, is he told me to always keep a running notebook of things to do and things to not do when you get a chance to to be a full time coach or you be a, get a chance to be a coordinator or a head coach. And mm-hmm. um, I think that's the things that I really took away from that. But um, you just kind of, you're, you're putting together your philosophy. And then even from then, I mean, I took, I took a job, you know, from the university of Nevada to the university of New Hampshire and 
to be honest with you, I think it was about the same pay as a graduate assistant because it was for ten thousand yeah, dollars. You know, so that's kind of um, what I was gonna kind of jump into here. How does that? Yeah, you, you do a couple of years at, at Nevada as a GA, and now you got the opportunity to get hooked up uh, at New Hampshire. Uh, and I actually think I played against you because I played at Towson for I was there okay. from two thousand seven to two thousand nine. So okay. I'm I'm not sure if you were there at that time or not. I was. I was. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So I we played there. you guys up there. Anyway, but how do you get hooked up? you know, at New Hampshire and, and the cross country move and, and just talk a little bit about how that came about. Sure. Um, I had, I had exhausted my time, um, at the university of Nevada, um, on my own, on my own cho- choice. I, uh, I, I, this is not a, uh, how to be a GA 101 cause I went about it the wrong way, but I dropped my classes cause that's kind of what I was told to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, focused on coaching football and, and, and plus, they didn't really have a, a like a, a graduate course that I was really it was really grip, gripping and grasp you know uh, really looking forward to. So um, I ended up dropping our classes, and so both of our GAs we were we were told, hey, you guys are done, and uh, we're going to hire some new GAs. So it was kind of a I'm not going to lie to you, it was kind of a low point in my life. You know, I'm sitting there, I'm 23 maybe, 23 years old. I'm living at home. I'm in my hometown, and I was. Uh, I was substitute teaching, you know, sometimes at my high school, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was, uh, I was bouncing at a local, you know, bar and, and I had to ask for a request to move to a different, you know, a same bar, but a different location. Cause I've seen too many of my kids, my friends from high school, which was honestly really embarrassing. Sure. Um, so I, uh, you know, I just wanted to stick around in division one football and that's what everybody was telling me. And so, uh, I got on the scoop when the scoop was in like beta back in the yeah, day, right? Um, <laughs> Early days. <laughs> yeah. So I got on the scoop and, um, I saw that Buffalo needed a GA and I met, uh, I, he was a young guy at the time. He's still is a young guy. He's got a great head of hair, Doug Sosha, who's all over the scoop. Now he's, uh, I don't quite know where he is. I know he's a, a very successful, he actually might be a division two or three coach now, but, mm-hmm. um, He's, he's doing a lot of stuff online, um, you know, webinars and all that. But uh, cool. I met him. He was the receivers coach at Buffalo. And uh, I was the offensive line coach at Moore Park, finishing up my undergrad. And that's where I met him. He came through Moore Park to recruit some of our guys. And I just called him up. I'm like, hey, man, I need to stay in Division One football. You know, I'm uh, kind of chipped away at my master's, but not really. So I'd love to get my master's at some point. And he said, man, I wish you would have called me yesterday. We just hired a guy. I said, you got to be kidding me. I said, isn't that how it works? And he goes, hey, but here's the deal. He goes, we just hired the receivers coach from New Hampshire. And he goes, they're really good. I said, really? He goes, yeah. He goes, they're, you know, an FCS, I know one double A program. He says, Mm -hmm. they got a uh, really good offense. He goes, the receivers balled out. He goes, they beat Georgia State or Georgia Southern in the first round of playoffs this year, which was kind of unheard of. And you know, they're, they're kind of a program on the rise. He's like, you should. And then he honestly said, he's like, they got a really cool offensive coordinator who's doing some crazy stuff. I was like, <laughs> okay. So, so here's what I did, man. And I, I got out the book. If you, if you, if anybody's about 38 to 45, maybe even 50, they know what the book is, is all this, the AFCA used to pr- publish a book that had every school's address, fax number, phone number, you know, it, it, of every school in the country. Wow. And I, I stole the book from a full-time guy at Nevada before I left there because Mm -hmm. I knew I'd be calling people. And I was in my car and I had my first cell phone, one of those Nokia ones you could play a worm on. And (laughs) I I looked up the university of New Hampshire. I'll never forget it because I was in Costco parking lot. And I just said, uh, sorry, I'm calling right now. So I I called the university of New Hampshire, the main line. 
<laughs> and Nancy Brown, the, the secretary, God bless her, she answered the phone. And I said, yeah, here's my deal. I'm just looking to get a hold of Sean McDonald, the head coach. She goes, well, the head coach is not in, but I think our offensive coordinator is in. I said, well, I'll speak to anybody. Yeah. And he answered the phone, man. Coach Kelly picks the phone up, and which is crazy because for the two years I was there working with Coach Kelly before he left for Oregon, I don't think he answered a single phone call. I mean, he would look <laughs> at the phone and see a different area code. If it wasn't 603, he wasn't answering. Right. So I feel really lucky that he picked the phone up. Sure. Uh, and that's like no, no joke, man. Like even – and to this day, he picked the phone up. I explained to him the situation. I was heavily, heavily involved in coaching the receivers, which I was. Coach Alton really gave me a great opportunity to coach the slot receivers there. Um, you know, and, and, and Kim McLeod was receiver coach. He had the outside guys. And so um, it just kind of explained to him my situation. And then from there, it went from a, a phone call with the head coach. And it was like, hey, we're going to bring you out, put you up in a hotel. And we're going to give you an interview. And then as the months went by, it was, hey, we're going to can you pay for one way? Yeah, yeah, I'll pay for one. And then it went from, hey, can you just pay the whole thing? And then we'll, we'll I'll reimburse you. And then I showed up and the head coach picked me up and he's like, hey, the hotel's full. You're going to sleep on my couch. I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> so paid my whole way out there and interviewed and, um, you know, interviewed with Chip at like seven in the morning after one of their 6 a.m. Uh, spring practices. And then yeah. um, he said, yeah, you got to show the head coach that because I made I took a lot of pride in my my PowerPoints that were hyperlinked into my, uh, you know, the video that was hyperlinked sure. into my PowerPoint. I was going to say, how did that, how did that interview go with? It was cool. It was really cool. I mean, it yeah. was just, he basically, he, he was cool. He just said, Hey, show me what you got. And, um, I, I had a pretty, at that t- point in time, what I thought was a pretty impressive, uh, you know, presentation of drills that translate into, into game tape, you know, from Nevada. And, um, it was all hyperlinked inside this PowerPoint. So it was really, really cool. And, yeah. uh, I ended up doing it again for the head coach. And then he said, Hey, we'll be in touch. And then it just went on and on and on. And finally on like, I think it was like May 22nd, man, I was getting ready for gas. Cause we were getting ready for Memorial day weekend. And he called and he's like, can you be out here July 9th? And I was like, you got it, man. Yeah, so, there you go. That's um, we got in the car, drove cross country with my mom, which is one of the best trips I've ever had. We stopped at every major division one venue across the way, stopped at Wrigley and, you know, ended up uh, out there in Boston and then drove up and she dropped me off and there we were. So, yeah, that's awesome. And now I'm kind of like, I don't know, I have a script here, but I'm going off script because that story sure. was pretty amazing. But do you ever in the interview process and, you know, maybe not so much now at this at the stage you're at in your career, but when you're younger, do you ever get um, almost intimidated because, you know, you're in the room with somebody who, you know, maybe knows more than you or or how'd that go? Because did you know that Coach Kelly was Coach Kelly before you interviewed with him or? You know, I didn't, I, I didn't, I knew he was sharp when I talked to him on the phone because he, he talks fast. And, um, I just, I, I mean, I, I guess that's a broad statement, but yeah, I mean, I knew he was, you know, and I could tell, but just walking around the office and how other guys talked to him that I knew he was, it was a big, it was, it was a big deal. You know, he had a lot of pull. So I knew I had to kind of win him over. And so when he said, you got to show what you just showed me to the head coach, I knew I had done something right, but then the head coach brought in everybody. So it was everybody in the room and, you know, right. you're talking, some guys that are, you know, the current offensive coordinator at uh, Marshall, you're talking about obviously Coach Kelly, you're talking about Coach McDonald, who's still mm-hmm. there and, and leading a great program. You're talking about the head coach at Fordham, you know what I mean? You're talking right. some guys. So, but to answer your question, you know, I just, no, I just think I went out there and the head coach said, hey, man, take your shirt, take your jacket off and take your tie off because we're going to get busy. And next thing you know, man, I'm up on a table showing them how to stock block. I mean, it was, you know, I mean, it was, it was sweating and, you know, some F bombs and, um, you know, just some, some really good talk and, and showing them what I got. And, um, 
And then, you know, we, we went to dinner that night and, and had some pizza and he was just, that's when he, you know, as a lot of people, I'm sure will tell you, that's when the real interview takes place after sure. everybody's no, gone absolutely. home and you have a couple pops and you're eating some pizza. And, um, you know, I was just really upfront and honest with, with coach McDonald and, and told him some stuff and we just talked and he was like, man, I can't believe you're telling me that. I'm like, well, yeah, you know, this is me, man. I'm, I don't really hold any punches back. I don't BS anybody and kind of what you see is what you get. And I thought I killed it today. And if you, you know, I'd love to be a part of your staff. And so, yeah, um, that's awesome. But yeah, yeah, it was, it was just a, you know, coach McDonald, he busts my chops every now and then he's like, you remember when you told me this in the interview? I was like, eh, I don't remember <laughs> that, but I don't, I go, yeah, I'm sure I did. I said, that's, that's, that's what happened, man. That's, is that that's, the, that's uh, are those the years that, uh, Santos was there? Sure was. Yeah, we got, uh, so he came in that year before me, uh, in replacement uh, of, uh, of the Granieri who got hurt and then, uh, he took over and then, yeah, so it was, it was five, six. That was just, you know, some, some pretty special, I mean, five, six, uh, our whole year career, my whole career there was, was great. You know, yeah. we had a great run, but yeah. five and six was really special in terms of offense. We were, sure. we were pretty, pretty special. So. so you guys have a great run there for a few years. You make another cross country trip or trip back to Wyoming. Uh, any major differences there going from an FCS school uh, to a to, to a full time FBS role, and how do you attack that, or can it, you just attack it the same way that you've been doing it in New Hampshire? Yeah, I mean that, that's you're exactly right. The major difference is obviously the facilities and and the pay. You know what I mean? It was sure. uh, you get there and you kind of see it. And uh, I had two for or I had one friend at the time that was on staff already. So when he showed me the facilities, when you come around the corner and you're like, wow. And then you know, I'm like, man, you know, there's a little bit of doubt, you know, can I do this or do I need to change? And he, he was just like, you don't change a thing, dude. He's like, you don't change a thing. You got here for a reason and just roll with it. And that's what I did, you know, rolled with it. And, and we had some success there, but, uh, yeah, that's awesome. you know, was you, it, you really was it a big culture learn. shock going out to, to Wyoming or no. I mean, I don't know. It's, uh, it is kind of, you know, football coaches, man. We're, I'd like to think you're pretty res- resilient. You know, I can yeah. live anywhere. Um, sure. I have, but <laughs> North yeah, Dakota exactly. being one of them. So <laughs> exactly right. But, uh, uh you know, you got to, you know, bringing your fiance from New Hampshire to Wyoming is a little different story. So, yeah. um, you know, that took some hard recruiting. It's probably my best recruiting job to be honest with you, but, um, <laughs> definitely. But so, yeah, I mean, it was just, it was good. Yeah. Good. You spent a few years at, uh, after Wyoming, you go to Toledo, where you guys averaged over 500 yards of offense per game, which is pretty incredible. Uh, you spend a year in the air raid under Mike Leach. Uh, before, you know, being reunited with Coach Kelly at UCLA, uh, talk a little bit about the transition you had to go through working with wide receivers, which you said you were so heavily invested in, uh, going back to what you're currently doing now, which is, you know, working with tight ends in a pro style system or was it kind of easy for you since you played tight end growing up? No, I'm, 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 again, I don't hold back any punches, man. It was, it was not easy for me personally. And I, you know, I had no problem telling you that, um, you know, you're a 13 year receiver coach and in some great offenses, like you said, at Toledo, we were, you know, fortunate to have some really, really good football players. And then I learned from a really, really good one, especially, you know, when Jason was the coordinator and then also the head coach, um, he was, instrumental in my development as a, as a receiver coach, to be completely honest with you and in my recruiting philosophy and, and just how to go about recruiting. I think I really developed a ton there. Um, but then you go to coach Leach who like I've always had an unbelievable, you know, desire to learn what coach Leach was doing, you know, all the way back to when I was in, in college as a, like a junior and senior, just, you know, trading DVDs for, and even as a GA, I was trading, you know, some Nevada film for, coach Leach's install stuff, you know? So, right. um, 
to be a part of that. And, but then you got to understand in coach Leach's offense, it's, you know, the receivers are, are doing most of the work. I mean, we're just, we're just making sure they, they get in the right spots. You know, other than that, there's not a whole lot of one high, two high and, you know, this and that going on in his offense, which is great. Cause you know, that's the whole philosophy of his offense is let the guys go play. And, right. uh, and so you get from that offense smack into coach Kelly's, which was very, very tight end, uh, heavy, you know, and we still are now. And, yep. um, just to be a part of the run game and being in constant communication with the O line and who's the point, where's the point, wait a minute, we got to, we're switching the point now. So now we're minus two and we're, now we're looking here. Um, that, that, to be honest with you, my whole month there that when we were installing was, it was, a, it, for me, I literally had a headache every day, but it was a good headache. Cause it was fun. You know, sure. uh, I, I did play the position. So, uh, and I don't care what level you play the position at. I think there's a lot to that, um, in terms of just talking and speaking to your guys, um, in the room, but, um, it was awesome. I mean, I could, I couldn't have been happier. I mean, it was I wanted to do it one for my, my career to, to coach another position and obviously keep working your way up the chain to that coordinator position at, at some point. But, um, and then I, I just, I've always loved the tight end position. You know, I mean, that's, that's one thing that I'm not shy. I mean, you, I think I, and if you interview any one of my receivers that uh, ever played for me, I think they'll tell you that he, he probably taught us with more of an O line tight end mentality than anything. It just right. happens to be, we were a bunch of playmakers, you know? Um, and so, I just have always loved the tight end position going back to, you know, when I was watching uh, Tony Gonzalez and Brent Jones, even before that Brent Jones with the Niners growing up, you know, I was in Northern California before I moved up to Nevada, but um, you know, watching all those guys. And I mean, Mark Bavaro, I can remember Mark Bavaro catching a touchdown in a Super Bowl. I'm like, that, that dude's awesome, man. Like I just, I've always loved that position. Then I played it. And then, um, you know, and then I had a, a chance to coach a great one my first year at Moore Park, a 6'8", 235, 240-pound kid wow. <laughs> named Greg Estandia. So uh, yeah. he's actually a fireman out here and, and has come to the Rose Bowl and hung out with his kids and hung out with my kids, which is another cool story. But yeah, always awesome. had a great passion for the position, uh, you know, hands down, think it's the best position on the football field. Um, you get this such a unique blend of size and athleticism. Sure. And then you have to know everything on the football field, you know, which is – Again, I think a very, very unique deal. You can't just be pigeonholed into knowing the run game, and you right. have to be—you have to know your route tree, you have to know your route coverage, coverage recognition, you have to know your route conversions. You got to know uh, your your different footwork in the run game. So, um, I, I just—I really, really enjoy this position, and, and really have tried to take a, a deep dive into getting better. You know, learning from a great offensive line coach, uh, obviously here uh, mm-hmm. with, with Jay Fry. You know, and right. he and I lived in our yep. office for for two months together. So it would just be like, Hey, when, when we hung up with our families on the phone, uh, at nine o'clock at night, it was, Hey, come into my office and let's watch this. And, or, Hey, come on to my office. Let's watch this. And so really got a good base from that. And then obviously coach Kelly had uh, in the NFL just was churning out tight ends in every offense he had. So it's been really, really fun to watch and and learn and then implement, you know, over these, these first two seasons here and, and, what I think we've done a really good job of that. So no, and I agree. And I've I've talked to you know numerous guys who defensive guys who have said if you got if they're going up against guys who who have two uh, you know good tight ends, man, it's it's almost impossible to defend. So I agree with you. Agree with yeah. you there. Um, switching gears here a little bit, coach. I watched some of your mic'd up clips, and uh, you're definitely an intense guy. And like you said, you don't pull any punches. But one thing that I did notice is that you're constantly pointing out the good things that your guys are doing. Um, how important is that as a coach, you know, especially in today's society that you focus on, you know, 
building up rather than, than tearing down. Yeah. I just, I think there's a time and a place for, for both and and not so much tearing down. I think, you know, you got to have some constructive criticism here and there, but uh, Mm -hmm. I've tried in my later years to, to especially like, you know, just save that for effort, you know, like in, you know, it comes from the top. So we don't really have that issue right now. Um, you know, with our guys not playing to the level of effort that we expect, at least, you know, in my room, I can't, you know, but, um, I just think that it's, it's going to be one, it's, it kind of goes to coach Kelly's philosophy is just treat people how you want to be treated, you know, and I I don't, and then I want to, like, I want my guys to view me as a, a, a good teacher and a, and a good, a passionate teacher and a good teacher. And I'm not Mm -hmm. looking to be their friend. They know that out the gate, but I don't want them to go and be like, all right, we got to go into this position meeting. You know, coach mm-hmm. Zage is going to, you know, now they're going to make fun of you for whatever you do. So like, sure. you know, and I, I encourage that. I encourage some humility. I encourage being humble in our, our meetings. You got to be able to laugh at yourself. And, um, but I like to bring, I just think that, uh, I do think it's important to point out the positives. Absolutely. Um, but, uh, you know, and teaching the negatives is more like on film, like, Hey, and it's more of a young guy. Like if I can show Devin, Hey, that's a good release, but what should you have done with your left foot here, dude? And okay. then you, I can ask the younger guys in the room to see if they're listening while I'm talking to Devin, you know? So, um, yeah. I just, I just think again, I, I don't want to be the cool coach, but at the same time, like I want to make this fun um, you know, practice is a grind as we all know, mm-hmm. and the games are what's fun, but if you can go out there and, and have a little juice and, you know, have a little passion for this position and just really get guys to, you know, not, not to buy into the position, but maybe you do, maybe you have a converted receiver, you know what I mean? Like that, yeah. that my room now is a converted quarterback two converted receivers and, and two inline true wide guys. So, um, maybe there is a little bit of that, just like, sure. Hey man, we're going to uh, show me this mentality that we're really buying in. But, um, I think more, it's more of just a teaching. Like, I just don't want to be that negative coach all the time. And, um, you know, sometimes I feel like I am too negative, but I do, I do like to keep it fun and, and, and just, and just always show them, you know, Hey, look, here's why right. we're doing this. Why do I ask you to look the ball all the way into the tuck? Why do I say eyes to the tuck? Why do I say this? And then show them on a get, you know, show them the NFL tape, which is yeah, a I great think, resource that we have at UCLA is to have all the NFL film. You know what I mean? Sure. And I think um, you hit the nail on the head there. Like you're, you're not just saying things you're at, you, you got to show them and what, and it's a big aspect of coaching, man. Just everything has to have a purpose. And so I agree Coach Kelly yours. calls it the why, you know what I mean? You, why? Like, and, and mm-hmm. if you're, if you're one of those coaches, it's like, well, don't ask why just do it. I think you're going to get lost in the mix a little bit with the, the, you know, validation from your players because sure. uh, you got to show them why here's why we're doing this. Why do I want you to step off this foot? You know, like, right. uh, why do I want you to break? If you're an open receiver, why do I want you to break on your fourth step? You know what I mean? Like just little thing. This is why, this is why I need you to come back to the ball. This is why I need you to come out on the angle you came in on versus this coverage, you know, just little things like that. And again, a lot of it is, is we validate it with the NFL film that coach Kelly has. And then to be honest with you now going into year three here, we got enough film from the, the tight end position with Caleb and Devin and even all the other younger guys that play because we're in so many, you know, two, three, four tight end sets that we got some, some UCLA film now, which is really cool for the younger guys. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's a, you know, a couple of great points you make there and it's, it's a good time. I think to kind of break things up a little bit and get into the hot sure. route segment. Uh, I'm going to yeah. rip off a couple rapid fire questions, but first I just want to make sure you guys out there, uh, make sure you're following us on Twitter at challenge underscore cast. Um, go listen, subscribe to all the major podcasts and platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, 
Anchor, uh, a Coach's Challenge podcast. Coach, I'm going to give you five or six questions here. You just reel off the, the first thing that comes to your head. You ready? Yeah, let's do it, man. All right, here we go. Number one, who's got the better food, East Coast or West Coast? Oh, man. <laughs> I was all ready to go, but I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. what the- we talk about being humble. The uh, the hot route segment can humble any man. It sure can, especially <laughs> that. That's a doozy, man. I mean, yeah. if... Uh, I, I, you know, maybe just because I've spent more time on the West, I'll go with West, but that's All not right. the slight thing. Let's, let's play off of this. How, what's the favorite, what's your favorite food if you're going out to eat, man? I'll tell you what, man, I'm, I'm a sucker for tacos, man. Just All like, right, well, you know, even, even yeah, my You got to go tacos. West Coast, then. You got to go West yeah, Coast, then. Yeah. All right, next question. Your favorite player to watch, past or present? Oof. I mean, I'm a big Gronk guy. Um, my new one, though, lately, uh, is Darren Waller. Okay. Yeah, he's awesome, man. Um, yeah. Next one. If you weren't a football coach, who, what would you be doing? Oh man, I'd probably be doing some sort of training. You know, like my, you know what I originally started with. You know, maybe some position specific training. You know, uh, to really help uh, you know tight ends, receivers, whatever. You know, but that's that's probably what I'd be doing. Here we go. Going back to your uh, Toledo days. College football games on Tuesday nights are blank. Unbelievably awesome. Yep. I think yep. that I think the uh, nation would agree with you there. There's Absolutely. nothing like some good action. It's a shame we're not going to no be able to see it this year. Uh, next one, coldest game you ever coached in? Uh, Northern Illinois at Northern in, in DeKalb, 2000, and I believe it was 16, and it was like uh, three degrees. I actually took a stole a trick out of some of the uh, guys on the bench, um, the players, and put Vaseline on my face because the wind. I think the wind chill added it like wow. minus eight. So yeah, uh, I put Vaseline on my face because I'm a signaler, so I had to. I can't wear gloves, but gotcha. uh, um, yeah, that was probably the coldest one. And last question: Have you ever seen a real Bruin? Ever seen a real Bruin? A baby bear. <laughs> Uh, if you count the baby bear that was at our doorstep in Lake Tahoe, uh, you know, this summer, then yes. But I don't know if that was a brown bear or a black bear. So <laughs> I'm going to say a, no. It's a good question because I feel like a lot of people are uh, a little hesitant on, on whether they yeah. know whether what a Bruin is or not. So yeah, don't you survive the hot rail no. segment, man. <laughs> good job. Uh, hey, we're moving forward here. Uh, present day. Uh, you came to UCLA in 2018. Uh, I've actually person I've been out there to UCLA uh, at the Rose Bowl. I watched you guys play Arizona State. I'm, it might have been 2018. I'm not sure. No, it was uh. a few years ago before that. Uh, it's one of the most beautiful venues in sports. Uh, talk a little bit about you know just what it's like to work out in LA and and at one of the most well known universities in, in the world. Honestly, yeah. I mean, it's you know you start with the Rose Bowl and it's. Growing up on the West Coast, that's that's the game, you know, that you that you you want to you want to be in and you want to be a part of in any fashion. And you know, I, I make it a point to go and before every game, I'll play play catch with my son and my daughter on on the Rose Bowl, and we'll take some pictures just because, you know, those are the those are some lasting memories. And um, I'll, I'll grab a little bit of the. It's hard to grab a blade of grass because it's cut so fine, but uh, you know, maybe channel my inner Les Miles a little bit and. I don't eat it, but I'll smell it and be like, this is crazy. This is, you know, this is a great opportunity we got here. So I mean, it's your, um, it's your life now. And it's, it's pretty yeah. amazing what you get to do every day as, as a coach, especially in, in a place like that. So exactly right. And then you talk about practice and, and where we're at, you know, we have a, our Wasserman football facility is, is phenomenal. You know, I mean, it's, um, it's a one-stop shop for everything down to the nutrition to, 
our practice fields to the garage doors that open up, you know, for the weight room to uh, our offices. So it's just, a, it's an unbelievable place. And, you know, I, I had never been on campus to be completely honest with you before I, you know, before I took the job. I, I mean, even I took the job without ever being on campus. So, um, I, I, uh, it's just, it's, you know, I went to school down here at Northridge. So I knew obviously of UCLA and, and remember some of the heydays, you know, on the Bob Toledo staff. And, you know, even I, I knew a couple of coaches that I had coached with that were on staff here for a while, but, um, you know, just to, you know, I mean, the first things first, like I, in the, in the climates that I've lived in, I walked out here and I'm like, where's the indoor? And you know, like everybody's right. laughing. They're like, you don't need one, you know? <laughs> right. So, um, we've had one rain day since we've been here, you know? So, um, it's just, it's just that, that weather, that climate. And, you know, even where we live, I live a, a pretty good chunk of uh, mileage away from campus, but um, you know, it could be really hot out here in, in my house, but you know, it's, it's a steady 82, 83, 84 sure. <laughs> at school. You know, it's uh, can't ask for a better training climate. Um, you know, you, you look at the who's who of people that come to our place to train and they do it for a reason because of the weather and the accessibility and, um, and just the, the facilities. So, yeah, um, it's, it's awesome. a, it's a great place and we're really, we're really, really fortunate. Sure. So, um, you know, kind of switching gears here, uh, you guys, like so many others have kind of had your, you know, your whole season, your whole world turned upside down recently. Uh, talk about what that day was like as a staff, uh, how tough it was to relay that message to your players and, and how do you keep your guys motivated, uh, moving forward? Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, I felt for him, you know? Um, but again, it's, it's not, uh, it's not an in-person deal. So I don't think you feel the gravity of that situation until you look your guys in the eye. You know, we've been able to transition into, into going to see our guys at least work out and run a little bit, um, you know, once or twice a week. Um, so you can really look them in the eye and that's when you really kind of, you get to take a look at them and, and, and that's when you really feel the, the gravity of the situation. But um, I think, you know, these kids are resilient. Coach Kelly and all of us on both sides of the ball, I think, have done a, a great job of, you know, not zooming these guys out, um, doing the right amount of football. You know, mm -hmm. at the beginning of this whole thing, Coach Kelly's deal was, guys, I do not want you talking about how to convert a third down, you know, when, when this thing hit in March and April. And, you know, as we transitioned to May and June, we got into some more football, um, mm -hmm. you know, but it was not like – and he was like, make sure our guys are, are mentally – okay, keep them involved actively in class, you know, and then the thing you got to remember too about UCLA, UCLA did not offer any online classes at all to the undergrads before oh, this wow. happened. So now we transitioned to completely remote learning. So, you know, we had our troubles just like everybody else with, you know, sure. guys getting logged on, but uh, it was more just take care of these guys. And, and I got to be honest with you, it's, it, we've done, this staff has done a good job of just control what you can control, you know, mm -hmm. and our guys have been really resilient and uh, I, a lot of respect for them, the way they've handled this. You know, I don't know if, if, if my uh, immature self at their age would have handled it the correct way that they've done, um, you know, especially and it reflected in, in our GPA this last spring and going and, and the summer, you know, my guys have done a great job. A lot of our guys, we've actually had the highest GPA in UCLA football history. Wow. Um, you know, so the, everybody I think is just really good doing a good job of controlling what you can control and taking it one day at a time. And, uh, you know, and we have been a little more frustrated than some States because of just our, our restrictions and guidelines are different than, uh, people in other States, you know, and, mm -hmm. uh, we'll take what we can get. So our guys get to go out and, and run around a little bit while keeping their, their distance and wearing a mask and doing the whole thing. But at least we're not, you know, our guys aren't going to parks and, 
and doing that, you know, sneaking onto fields. They're, they're, right. they're getting to throw and be with their teammates now. So, um, sure. it's just, you know, but I feel for him. And, uh, but you know what? It's kind of like Coach Kelly has always said, going back all the way to New Hampshire, you tell us when to play and we'll be there. You know what I mean? Yeah, We're going to be there. And doesn't matter if it's in a parking lot. Like, we'll yeah. go on top of parking lot eight and we'll play and we'll, we'll put our best effort out there. So, um, I, it's kind of the mentality I'm in. Yeah. I think that's a great sentiment, you know, moving forward that a lot of guys share, like, you know, wherever whenever you know we're ready to yeah. go uh Absolutely. two more man two more and uh you know like i said i appreciate you being on and and we're starting to wrap it up here but um have you been able to take advantage of the quarantine i know you know it's been tough you picking up any new hobbies i'm i'm sure as a coach the family loves having you around so well i'll, I'll early on it was uh it, not not a new hobby but it, it actually both of them are not new hobbies but it's kind of been a reinvigorating uh, at first it was the legos with my kids um, I was a big Lego guy growing yep. up, just sitting in my room for hours and stepping on them at night and, you know, <laughs> being all pissed off when you stepped on the little two, the little two one, you know, yep. that really hurts. Um, yep. Yep. but we had some pretty big Lego sets. We ordered some pretty big Lego sets and had a lot of fun doing that early on. Um, but as of late, um, my, my son, my seven year old son's really getting into sports cards. Mm-hmm. So that's a whole nother ball of wax that, uh, sure. you know, you got, I mean, I had to go and just be like, I went into a card shop the other day. I was just like, you got to tell me what the deal is. Cause it looks so, it's so much overwhelming compared to when I was collecting cards and he's like, Oh my gosh. And so that's the newest one, you know, and trying to, you know, it's just a really cool deal to teach your kids and, you know, how to read a baseball card and how to read stats. And, you Definitely. know, he'll, he'll get out his collection when, when a baseball game's on, I'm like, see who you got. And oh, sure. I got this guy. And it's like, yeah. well, tell me what's his career batting average. Uh, he's hitting 645. No, son, that can't be his career <laughs> batting average. This is how you read the career bat. Oh, oh, that's right. That's right. And so, um, I think that's the really cool part, especially lately. And now it's gotten me going on, you know, again, I tell you, I'm really involved in this tight end position. I'd like to start, actually I have started a collection of, tight ends all-time tight ends oh, so awesome. i got the first one in my collection and it's a vintage mike dicka card so nice. um i got a list of about 50 tight ends whether they have sentimental value or hall of fame value or um just a tight end i liked watching when i was growing up and even the new guys you know and then of course i just ordered today on ebay uh you know my two guys that, that are in the nfl uh, Devin and caleb i got their rookie cards so um awesome. i'm gonna start a tight end collection and um, you know, just kind of keep that going and, and we'll see where it goes, but, uh, it's a little overwhelming, but it's also fun to see, uh, your kids get involved with it and take a little bit of passion in, in something, um, that you can really kind of dive into during quarantine, you know? Sure. And that's a, like you said, man, that's awesome that you're able to do that with your, and share that with your son. Uh, yeah. my daughter is 12 and I try and get into the, le- she loves Legos as well. She'll do like the, yeah. the 5,000 piece ones. I can't, Yeah. I mean, I can't get into it. Man. I'm just, oh, man. I, it, it's, it's frustrating to me, but uh, she does a great job with it and we connect in yeah. other ways, but that's awesome to hear. Last question, coach, here we go. And um, sure. You know, where do you think the landscape goes from here of the game of football? Do you think that certain aspects of our game are, are kind of changed forever as far as, you know, um, social distancing and sanitizing and stuff like that? Or do you think, you know, we'll get back to normal here eventually? I mean, I think we'll take uh, different aspects of what we've done, you know, and it all depends on, on the out of the, you know, the final outcome of this deal. And um, what I mean by that is if there's, if it turns out to be like the flu or whatever, and they do have a, a vaccination and we can all get rid of this thing, or at least take a precaution to not get this, um, 
I think we'll still take some of the aspects of the protocols that we, that we've learned um, mm-hmm. and incorporate them into our daily lives. I'm, I'm hoping one day that we can get back to normal where you can, you know, get into a huddle or, uh, you know, you see on hard knocks, they got the little buzzer that says when you're within six feet of somebody and, um, yeah. uh, hopefully that, you know, that's a great company and a great idea and a shout out to them, but I hope we never sure. have to use that. Yeah. Um, you know, and I just think that, uh, if we can, if we can get this thing contained and under control, we can get back to normal if not wearing a mask and, and getting back to, to playing football. So, um, yeah, definitely. you know, but I think there's going to be certain aspects of, you know, I don't, I think the, the cleanliness and, and hygiene aspect that I don't think that should ever go away. I think you should always, you know, Me wash neither. your hands and I mean, just be polite. I, I've and, never been more cognizant of washing my hands, honestly, but exactly uh, right. You know, just taking it from a perspective, cause I'm out here in New Jersey, like, you know, just disinfecting uh, agility bags and stuff after every practice. I mean, it's a nuisance a little bit, but at the end of the day, it's not the worst thing in the world to be doing, you know? So I think yeah, I mean, uh, that could possibly stick around. I completely agree. And, you know, there's a couple of things that kind of hit close home to you. It depends on how you've been affected by this, but I'll give you an example. I, a college teammate of mine at Northridge, um, right early on uh, where I was still able to visit him in the hospital, and he, he passed away from some mysterious, uh, um, virus disease that just attacked his body and i think they the final deal was they traced it back to an open wound in a, in a high school weight room um so you know it's just and, and they said that could have been but you never know but basically it was just he went into his body went into it was like sepsis and his body went into to shock so it was just you know that that was early but then as mm-hmm. you start going early later and later and later you're like man you know like you said if uh, if they're taking the precautions down the road and maybe not as frequent as, as after every person list, but at the end of the day, you're spraying down the equipment. Uh, if you can prevent one of those from from happening, then you're you're preventing sure. some family yeah, from from getting broken up or you're just you're yeah. saving one person. So um, and yeah. you, we've all heard that you, you, if you've been around football, you know, the deal. You've all been touched by somebody that has had a scary bout with staph infection. You know, yeah, so, absolutely. Um, I mean, I can remember when I was G.A. Nevada, we played against Neil Perry, who lost his leg. Uh, you know, he broke his leg with a, a compound fracture on the football field at San Jose State, and he played with a prosthetic leg in the game. He was on the punt return team wow. in the game that I was at. And so, <laughs> um, you know, that's and that, there's staff infection firsthand. So um, I think we can all do something, you know, down the road from and learn something from the protocols and, and the, that we're learning today. Definitely. And, I, you know, hopefully you guys will get that opportunity. It's not going to be, you know, unfortunately this year, but, um, you know, sooner than later and we can get back to some normalcy here. Uh, yeah. Coach, it's it's been an absolute pleasure, man. I enjoyed listening to you, hearing hearing your stories. I uh, wish you all the health and success in the world, and uh, that'll wrap up another episode here of a Coach's Challenge. Uh, stories told by coaches, but heard by everyone. <laughs>